You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 184. Clarity is king. I mean, I feel very fortunate now to have worked with you know dozens of online businesses and coaches, and they are so brilliantly creative, but hold themselves back because they're not really sure if it's a win or if it's a loss or if it's, you know, a pie in the sky idea. And so to be able to couple that creativity with the clarity on, hey, this is what good, better, best looks like Mm -hmm. brought so much confidence and like decisions started to just come in a snap versus something, you know, keep kind of keeping it, you know, stewing in the background. No, we're going to bring this thing to the front. We're going to show you what good, better, best looks like. And let's make a decision. Are we doing this thing or not? (laughs) Because you are now armed with all the information you need to make an educated decision. So let's say yes or no. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is fantabulous to have you here with us. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And I want to start out with shoving out some gratitude here, just showering you all with gratitude. The show is gaining more and more listeners. And I have to believe that that's because you are letting them know about the value that you get from the show. If Every coach who listens lets another coach know of a lesson learned or something that they can gain, then the coaching community is going to be impacted by the value that our guests bring forward. And that lights me up. And I thank you all for that. There's just too much good content here to be kept under a basket. So let's share it and shine forth. And thank you in advance. Now, speaking of great content and shining it forward, I am really excited about our guest today. I'm excited to introduce all of you to Lane Booth. Lane is the CEO and business growth strategist of The Project Booth, which is a business consulting company that uses proven metrics and data to bring business owners to the next level in their business. And don't we all kind of want to get to that next level? So what Lane is going to share with us today is how we can strategically plan operations and actually get a visual roadmap of our forward movement in our business by making data-driven decisions. Now, that might not be your forte, It's certainly not mine, but there are people like Lane out there who actually speak that language, and she's going to talk to us about what that does for your business. Lane is absolutely passionate about being a guiding light for businesses, about helping successful growth-minded business owners eliminate their overwhelm by making good decisions. Now, the other thing that Lane brings forward, which was so timely, I had just gotten a couple requests from people who are trying to kind of navigate their corporate job 
and start a business on the side at the same time. And they were wondering if I had some guests that I could bring forward to talk about that. Well, enter Lane Booth. Lane straddled corporate America and her own business for at least a year and a half while she was getting her footing in her business. So she, I asked her to kind of share some of her learnings from that. And I think that will be really helpful for all of you who might be in that place of still having a nine to five job or nine to nine job, whatever, and thinking about starting a business where you want to transition into that business full time, but you're not quite ready to let go of your corporate job yet. Lane brings some great insights to that as well. So let's meet the CEO and business growth strategist of the Project Booth. Here's Lane Booth. Lane, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thanks for taking time in your day to be with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Meg. I know that our audience is going to gain so much from our discussion. And you know, it's just ironic. I'll get different questions at different times. We were on each other's calendar to talk and I got a question from a listener. Could you talk to somebody who's trying to do or who has in the past done both corporate and entrepreneurship at the same time? And then lo and behold, we talked and I was like, well, yes, as, yes, I can. I've got Lane <laughs> right here. So we are yeah. going to touch on that along with many other things and, and what you want business owners to think about mm-hmm. as they become more productive, as they, as they grow their businesses, all the things that we, we want to be able to do. But I'd love to start in the place of you just sharing with us your story. Tell us a little bit about Lane's journey. Absolutely. I'd be glad to. And you know, I love sharing this story too, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, we went down the path that felt like it was laid out for us. But at some point in that path, you start feeling like, you know what, I feel like I might have more fun over here. <laughs> and it's the people that choose to take that step in that direction that can really create and enjoy the life that they have created for themselves. So I definitely want to like kickstart with, Hey guys, this is your moment. Like this can happen for you too. And it's not, not just me. I'm not special. It's absolutely out there and ripe for the taking. But from my journey, I mean, I, I'm a North Carolina girl and through and through grew up on the coast. I've literally inched my way further inland <laughs> over the past few years. You know, went went to college, got my degree, went to, you know, the corporate role and started working my way up the corporate ladder. So I actually had, you know, moved into a very lucrative, nice paying job with a very stable, large company. But I felt like I was always doing stuff for them. <laughs> and getting like the higher up you go in those political rings, the more you're like I could be doing more good doing something else right now versus like playing this political, oh, well, we've got to do this for this department, this for that department. And really at the end of the day, we didn't do anything. We just, you know, mitigated conversations. And so that was something that started, you know, inching on my heart. And then they actually went through a time of layoffs. And so while I wasn't caught up in that, it did open my eyes that I am dispensable here and they absolutely can let me go at any point in time. And so I kind of started using that as an opportunity to say, all right, what, 
what brings me the most joy? And what if I could do that all the time? And like, that's the only thing that I did, which got really exciting. And then, so I started trying to figure this thing out on nights and weekends. Like, all right, let's, let's start researching things. I spent, you know, went down a lot of rabbit holes, saw a lot of shiny objects along the way, but persevered because you know what? I was committed to creating something that was really exciting. That's so good. Let me ask something you said right there, that you started getting excited. You started kind of opening yourself up to possibility. Mm -hmm. What was it that you did to determine what it was that you want? You know, what was it that lit you up that you wanted to put your energy around? Mm, Great question. So I can't remember where it was, but there was... Uh, a speaker somewhere that mm-hmm. mentioned, you know what you like the stuff that just seems so easy for you that you could do all day long, that you could do like the back of your hand in a heartbeat. That's your happy place most of the time. <laughs> so if you like doing it and it's super easy for you, I guarantee you it's not easy for other people and they don't like doing it. <laughs> that's the key thing, isn't it Lane? I mean, we sometimes, diminish the importance of what it is that comes easy for us because we think, well, then everybody knows that or that's, that's nothing special. When in fact, somebody else is looking at that saying, oh my gosh, I need you because I can't do that or that gives me hives or whatever it is. And that's something that lights you up. So I just want everybody to hear that just because it comes easy to you or or lights you up doesn't mean everybody on this planet gets lit Mm -hmm. up by the same things or that that makes it less valuable. As a matter of fact, it makes it more valuable. That's so Mm -hmm. good. Thank you for bringing that forward, Lane. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I feel like, uh, you know, something that's kind of coming to light right now is home organizers. Like who, like there are some of us that like to organize things. There's some of us that don't, but that profession is so needed because of the people that don't they desperately don't and they are willing to pay someone to come in and fix that problem for them versus like, you know, like really trying to muster up (laughs) the strength to go and do it themselves. And sometimes it's not even that we don't know what we need to do. It's that we just need that coach or that partner or that, that person to come alongside us with a different perspective. People know Mm -hmm. many times what they need to do to work out, but they need a personal trainer to come alongside them and give that that accountability and that push. So, so good. But you are bringing forward something that I think many people are not aware of. Tell me a little bit more about how then you started doing this on the weekends and in the evenings and and what that was like for you, because you were also, I believe, having small children at the time, or had they not come along yet? So I had a three-year-old at the time, and we worked really hard to get here. Here, I'm very open about this now. Yeah, she was you know, very intentional. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go through the IVF route, which was such a roller coaster of ups and downs. Yes. But you know, finally, after uh, almost a year of going down the IVF route, we we were pregnant with our first one, and she was born healthy and strong. Yeah. And, and that was another thing that really was sparking the drive was, Hey, I've got a three-year-old at home. I'm getting, I've got a, this great job, but man, I'm getting home at six 30. She goes to bed at seven 30. This one hour thing in the evening is, is not cutting it. And I want to soak up all this precious time with her. You worked really hard to have her and I want to enjoy her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so that's where I started kind of 
punching holes at, at the norm. Like, all right, do, do I need to work 60 hour work weeks in order to do this? Do I have to follow the corporate you know, path? And just started to kind of like shoot some holes through this, this whole thing that I had thought was going to be my life and my path forward. Now so, being yeah. devil's advocate to that, sorry, I didn't mean to step on you, but yeah. at first in order to follow through with your dream and your passion, I would assume that at first it actually increased your hours because you're still oh. doing the corporate thing and now you're also doing the entrepreneur thing. So how did you oh, goodness, balance yes. that? <laughs> yeah. So I'll say the first thing, if you're married, have a conversation with your spouse before you start the side hustle. <laughs> Good so, information. As a former <laughs> marital therapist, I can tell you very good information. Yes. Yeah, so I did, I had the conversation. I was like, look, I think it's going to take, you know, a decent amount of hours to really even you know, f- figure out what I want to do, how I want to do it, who to start reaching out to, to be that, that first client. And so we kind of came up with a system like, Hey, I would work in the evenings after eight o'clock you know, for you know, maybe eight to 10, eight to 11 in the evenings. And then I would work during nap times on the weekends. Okay. Uh, and so that's kind of how it started. And yeah, so definitely, I mean, what uh, that was what an extra 15, 20 hours a week that I just put on top. But the, the perspective was, Hey, this is an investment in time right now so that I can, so that I can have that extra time, you know, months and, and years down the road. And especially like, I kept thinking like, hey, when she's a teenager, like I'm going to pull her out of school for the day. We're just going to go on a shopping spree. And I'm going to do that because I make my choices on what hours I want to work that day. (laughs) Because I'm putting in the time now and I've got all these beautiful visions for the future. I love that. Yeah. So that's, um, it took a while to, to really understand how to position because you think you can do everything. So everything I did in corporate, now I could do everything like that, you know, in small business world. And I did find you have to get really specific on what you wanted to do. So for me, it was focusing on, hey, you know what? Data, reading data, like the back of my hand is super easy for me. I can see the value. So how do I leverage that? And how do I, like, nobody wants to raise their hand and say, yes, please look at my data. But they do raise their hand to say, yes, help me scale my business with more data-driven decisions. Right. And so that was your sweet spot. Yes. Unlocking that was like, okay, (laughs) that now I get it. And now I can talk to people and now I can talk to potential customers and clients on how working with me would help benefit their business. And so I think it was about, I launched my business. I say it, I published my website, May 31st. (laughs) And May 31st of 19 or 2017. Okay. Cause I thought it's not just this path because you've been at least a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So 2017, I hit publish. And then I think it was July that I actually had my first client after you know, figuring out how to connect with people in Facebook groups. I did go to a live event um, that was local. And so like just building that network was essential in the beginning. Okay. So I said something that probably has everybody confused. You launched in 2017 However, from 2017 to almost to a year and a half ago, you were straddling mm -hmm. both ponds. You were doing both things. And that is key. So that was about two years that you did both? A year and and a half. half. Yep. I was going to do it for a little bit less. And then we had a little miracle baby show up in the mix. (laughs) And it extended the timeline a little bit. (laughs) 
Well, so wonderful things happening, but but they make for for decision changes as we, as we go along. Mm-hmm. So what what was it that told you, Lane? Okay, I can let go of the security of corporate job and really launch on my own now. I mean, that is yeah. that's huge because I've been in my own business since 1990. But I was a therapist, and I remember that when I let go of my managed care contracts, when I said, I am no longer going to take new patients, I'm no longer going to work on your insurance panels at all, that, I mean, that was sort of my version of letting go of, of that security because I had worked years to build those relationships and those contracts. So when I said no more, that was like, <gasps> I may, I had to have some markers in place to make that happen. What were your markers? Yeah. So for me and my, my husband in particular likes extreme certainty and security. <laughs> so whereas I had a little bit of a, a lighter risk tolerance, like, yeah, I mean, like I can, Let's I can do it. it. If, if it yeah. doesn't work out, I can go to plan B, C, D, E, you know, work my way down the chain. But for him, again, back to that conversation, staying connected there for him, it was like, all right, let's put, put aside six months worth of expenses. So just in case I make $0 in the next six months, we've got six months of coverage here. We've got six months of runway. But at the time, like I had, you know, I got my first client and then I got my second. And so like about every other month I was bringing on board another client. So I was starting to get some momentum going. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, as that was happening, I was pretty much putting every bit of revenue I could, you know, straight into this reserve so that when we had baby number two, I could, you know, finish out maternity leave, but then say, guys, I'm not coming back. Okay. Yeah. So for us, it was, it was six months and it was the security of knowing that, Hey, I had, you know, four, four customers on retainer. Plus I was seeing, new customers come in, new clients come in every other month or so. So there was some predictability there that I could Some momentum moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. and things happening. So such a good story. Congratulations (laughs) on being able to shift into your dream. And what, what did you, you said earlier, it was when I realized I don't do everything I do in corporate America in my business to get clarity about what it is that I do. And you lit up, literally lit up when you said that. So when you, what did it take to begin to scale your business? What were some of the things that you had to do? Trial and error Yes, <laughs> was the first thing. You, you know, done is better than perfect. Getting w- one client and like internally knowing that they're your guinea pig. <laughs> so you're going to, you know, be really clear on what they're struggling with and what are the top, you know, maybe two or three things that you can do to get them the biggest outcomes. Don't focus on all the things, but what are those, those quick high impact wins that you can deliver with your zone of genius in minimal time. So that for me, like I did hear that, that nugget of advice early on. And so that's where I was focused. So when I had that first client, I was like, all right, What's the biggest pain problem, you know, pain point that they have right now? What are the things that I know I could bring to the table to alleviate that as much as possible and as quickly as possible? And so that's where I started to, you know, got, got a lot of learning on that first client. And then the second mm-hmm. client, I had a much more detailed, like 
on the proposal, you get boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I was very clear on the expectations and outcomes and how we, how we would go about the process with the second one and just continue to refine further and further with each client down the way. So Lane, when you talk about getting clarity about what you were going to offer, mm -hmm. was that built into that first client experience or did it come before that first client experience? It came before the first, I had a, I had a rough idea. <laughs> I'll say that I had a rough idea before that client, you know, I found out that, Hey, you know, most people are struggling with at the end of the day, our folks are struggling with cash flow. They were seeing feasts and famine, you know, one month to the next. So what were the, what are the things that I can help bring so that they can alleviate the cash flow crisis so they can get rid of these peaks and valleys. And so the messaging was tailored around that. And then what's gr great too is like when you first start out, if you're having conversations with potentials mm -hmm. before you make them offers, you can customize it. So, Hey, <laughs> what are you struggling with? Okay. I'm going to speak to, to that specifically once I put the proposal together. Good. What else is the importance of clarity? Man, I was just, I feel like I've been talking about this a lot lately because clarity is king. I mean, I feel very fortunate now to have worked with, you know, dozens of, of online business, online businesses and coaches, and they are so brilliantly creative, but hold themselves back because they're not really sure if it's a win or if it's a loss or if it's, you know, a pie in the sky idea. And so to be able to couple that creativity with the clarity on, hey, this is what good, better, best looks like. Mm -hmm brought so much confidence and like decisions started to just come in a snap versus something, that, you know, keep, kind of keeping it, you know, stewing in the background. No, we're going to bring this thing to the front. We're going to show you what good, better, best looks like. And let's make a decision. Are we doing this thing or not? <laughs> because you are now armed with all the information you need to make an educated decision. So let's say yes or no. Wow. So really kind of giving people the, the confidence because that clarity just wipes away the fog. I'm, I'm thinking about how many people might be listening, thinking, I know what I, like, I know that I love coaching, but I'm so unclear about how to say what it is that I do or who it is that I work with, or, or I'm scared to pick a specific niche to work with because what if that turns off everybody else? Like all the fog that keeps us from making any kind of movement any kind of engagement. And then we just swirl because we don't have customer, we don't have clients, we don't have business, we don't. So getting clear is that first step. I love that you clear away the fog for your clients. Absolutely. And, and, and to, you know, expand on, on that as well, Meg, I mean, when I first started, I, I spoke to, Hey, I'm an operations consultant. All right. First of all, who knows what operations is? Yeah, I was going to say, okay, good for you, Lane. Right. Go for it. <laughs> and you know what? That's, that, was, that was done better than perfect, right? But at the same time, there was a lot of opportunity there. So then when I started talking about, hey, I bring clarity through data and dashboards, that creates another layer. Like you have a much better idea on whether or not you want to work with me or not, or you know, you know, you know how I might add value because I'm focusing on data, not building your team, which is also a part of you know, the operations umbrella. Right. 
So really getting, getting clear. And it doesn't mean that you don't tap into the skill sets surrounding, you know, those pieces, but it does mean your core message is around one thing that people can understand, they can visualize, and it's got a, a real you know, tangible example, you know, that you can speak to. And that they can understand the value that it brings. Absolutely. Like, you know, why should I care that they, they understand that, that the clarity you bring through data, that data that might feel completely overwhelming to me is music to you. And mm-hmm. you are then able to write the song for me based upon what you are seeing that just muddles my brain. Exactly. Yes. And it's really fun too, because, you know, for me, like for me, data is easy and you guys that are so creative and have all these brilliant ideas, like that's where my jaw drops. And I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. I can't believe they came up with that idea. But it's so fun to you know bring both sides to the table and to really see, you know, the fireworks <laughs> you know, start to explode when you can bring both the creativity and the, the data clarity together. That is so good. So what are some of the things that you, you might do if, if you worked with a coach to help them scale or leverage their business? What are some of the things that you would be focusing on? Mm, great question. And you know, it took, I'll say too, I'll be open and transparent here. It took me a while to figure out what those things were. But you know, now three years later, we're very clear on, on our approach and how we help people. And so I tell people, you know, we walk you through the ABCs of KPIs. And for those of you that are wondering what KPIs are, those are those key performance indicators in your business. These are the little breadcrumbs that are leading up to where you want your business to go. So if you can track them on the front end, then you basically are predicting what's going to happen on the back end with your revenue and your profits. So, so with those ABCs, we are all about making sure we audit and analyze for A, what is really happening in your business right now. We want eyes wide open approach, not, you know, ostrich head in the sand. <laughs> Just hope, <laughs> happening hope, here. Hope, hope, hope. <laughs> right. <laughs> and guys, I know there's, there's benchmarks out there. Like when you, this is a, this is a, a symptom. Like when you are uncertain about what's happening in your business, you go looking for benchmarks out there on what people are telling you your business should look like versus just looking at the information for yourself. So audit and analyze what's truly happening in your business right now. B is all about tying it to your bottom line because at the end of the day, if it doesn't generate revenue, create profit or save you time, then it's probably not worth focusing on right now. It needs to be a parking lot item because if you are you know, feeling like a <laughs> chicken with his head cut off or you know, feel like you're running in circles, anything that you're tracking needs to be tied to the bottom line. And C is all about creating those clear and confident decisions. I think it's Meg Whitman that says, you know, <clears throat> from, I'm trying to remember the quote now, it just blanked on me. That's um, okay. That, that happens sometimes. It's like, oh, it's such a good quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> so Meg Whitman says, the price of inaction is far greater than the cost of a mistake. And so, you know, guys like, hey, you're going to make some, you're going to make a lot of good decisions. You're going to make some flops, you know, in the process too. But along the way, knowing, you know, kind of what the guardrails are for those decisions. Again, it comes back to clarity so that, hey, I'm going in there with, with certain expectations and I feel confident making this decision because I know what the outcomes could look like. So, so good. those are our ABCs. I love your ABCs. And I'm, so when I think about coaches and that coaches do so many different things. So we have, well, we'll just take me for an example, because I, 
I have my fingers on so many different pots. So I teach, I mentor, I executive coach, I leadership coach. I have the podcast. I don't know. I probably do other, other things as well. But, but my question to you is, if you're working with somebody who has many different things like speaking, speaking engagements, things like that, is part of the ABCs analyzing whether the effort that goes into each one of those things is worth it? Oh yes, you nailed <laughs> nailed that one, Meg. <laughs> and when it, so one of the things when we talk about audit and analyze is what's profitable in your business, not what your profits are from the whole kit and caboodle, you know, throughout the year, but what are your products or services that you're offering? What is the individual profitability? So of your speaking engagements, are you getting paid or are you doing these, you know, complimentary and hoping to get sales on the back end? You know, we had a client that ran a, a marketing agency and we've, you know, similar things with coaches, you know, she has different levels of service offerings. Right. So her, her core offering was very, very profitable. But the further up she went, the more she added her personal coaching time into the mix. And her time is very valuable as CEO, as lead coach, as, as, as team leader, right? So what we found was that her being involved in those elite level services actually drained the profit from those services. And really people were seeing incredible results from what her team was focusing on. So being able to pull her out of the mix and stick with her core offering was really the place to play and to get, you know, better profitability, predictability, and scalability for her business. And I bet she was blown away by that. Like it didn't even look through that lens. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Just wanted to, you know, I feel like a lot of CEOs, um, business owners kind of want to put a, a dollar value on, on their their hours, but think about, you know, all the things that are required from you in your business. So you know, I think of, you know, let's like create a little target bulls. I hear like, you know, CEOs in the middle, you can have that one CEO talking to one person or that one CEO talking to 10 team members and mm -hmm. their 10 team members can talk to 10 customers or 10 clients. That one CEO now can have a hundred X impact versus a one X yep. impact direct to someone else. And so those are the kinds of things that, as business owners, the audience should be thinking about in how are you leveraging the services you bring forward and what are really, are, are the services that drain you the most, mm -hmm. the, really the ones that are giving you the biggest bang for your buck? I mean, if they're draining you, that might not be the case. I haven't seen one yet where that is the case. <laughs> so if it's draining you, you're either self-sabotaging it because it's draining you or it's just not profitable anyway. It's like an intuitive yeah. understanding. So what other advice might you have for scaling a business? For the, you know, like I mentioned, the dozens of clients we worked with, it's being very clear about where you are now and where you want to be. Because if you are clear on where you want to be, then you can design a roadmap. You can design the machine that's going to get you there between points A and B. And so many people, I feel like they, they don't know either one. They get, they get stuck because they're, they're doing tasks in their day versus being very clear on the current state and the future state that they are, they're, what really lit them up when they started their business in the first place. Ooh. Really good. So let me ask you this. Is it possible to scale as a solopreneur? 
or do you have to have a team? Mm, Good question. So we have seen both models be very scalable. And I think a core piece of what I want to bring up is whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Because the bigger you get, the more you scale, the more mind trash you kind of have to clear out. Because of, I mean, as I've grown and scaled, I mean, I feel like, you know, strategy came first for a long time, but then mindset starts to catch up with you as well. So being resourceful, whether or not you want to be a solopreneur, is it, is it because you want to, or is it because you think you have to, if you want to be scalable with someone with a team, is it because you think you have to, or is it because you want to? So either, either way, Guys, there are hundreds of examples of both models winning. So pick which one feels best for you and make make that decision. Thank you for that. Thank you for the permission because I, it, and, and also kind of wiping away the excuse, right? So if I, if I can't afford to hire a team right now, that means I can't scale my business. Lane saying, no, that's not true. You just, and if it's, um, I've got this team and am I leveraging them to the, to the best ability? Well, what does the data say? And if you can't read the data, maybe you need somebody like Lane and her team. Tell me a little bit about your business. Absolutely. So we focus on helping course creators and coaches to scale to their next million. So we want to help people achieve those seven figure businesses. And we do that by bringing the data, not the drama. So the data is a, a hidden storyteller in many people's businesses. And I feel like, you know, we're the interpreters. So we are able to you know, look at things all the way from the front end to the back end. What does sales look like? What's churning? And then how does that flow all the way through your business so that at the end of the day, you've got cash flowing in that's not exceeding the expenses going out and you've got profitability coming in in a very predictable way. And the name of your business is? The Project Booth. So theprojectbooth.com. And I think we're the project booth on all the social media channels as well. So good. Lane, thank you. Because I know that that which lights you up scares some of us. And as you said, we all have complementary talents. And I appreciate you bringing your talent forward and, and challenging all of us to think about how are we engaging with our business? What's our level of clarity? And how are we leveraging that which we can? Absolutely. I appreciate you being here with us today. Thanks so much, Meg. My pleasure. What I just love about the world is that we all bring our own special gifts forward. We all have different kinds of strengths. And Lane's strength is definitely not my strength, yet It lights her up and she is able to impact business through her lens. And I think we all need some of that. So if you want to know more about Lane Booth and the Project Booth, go to the show notes at starcoachshow.com, episode 184, and her links will be in there. Thanks again for Lane for joining us. Now, we will continue with our business building shows or business focused shows with next week's show when I'm joined by Mariana Ruiz. Her mission is to help 
businesses make a bigger difference. And she's going to be talking to us about how to think like a thriving, impactful CEO. Things like, when do we hire people? And what do we think about when we hire people? How to direct and manage our business? And how do the choices that we make impact our business? It was a great interview. I'm really looking forward to introducing you to Mariana Ruiz next week. Now, I also just have to let you know that I have loved meeting with the Star Coach community on Facebook Live every Wednesday morning at 9 Central, 9 a.m. Central Time. And we meet at the Star Coach Show page on Facebook. So I will also put a link for that Facebook page in the show notes. And I would love for you to join us. Bring your questions. Let's have a conversation. It's too much fun to spend time with each of you. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Be well, stay safe, and take care of one another.